uh, thank you for preparing your hearts for the for what God has for us this morning. Like I said, uh, Pastor Jeremy, we uh, continue to pray for him to get back safely, uh, but he's not here this morning, so it's my duty and my responsibility this morning to introduce the speaker. And in fact, I will introduce him in just a second. We do have a video. I said that this weekends, these weekends, this this weekend and the next weekend, uh, we have uh, a couple different things that we wanted to show. And if I'm not mistaken, is that the same video as this morning, or is that a different one? It's LAO. Okay, so we're going to be emphasizing in this uh, English service um, a ministry that's been birthed out of our church, and uh, it's something that was placed, that God placed on uh, our senior pastor's heart many, many years ago. It's been something that I've had firsthand experience in. I've gone with him down to uh, Nicaragua, down to Honduras, and actually our preacher, I'll go ahead and introduce him as well then, um, our preacher, uh, and it's good to have uh, Brother Wall with us and his wife. Let's give them a round of applause this morning. It's good to have them with us. Um, all the way from Chihuahua, Mexico, where they have been serving the Lord. Uh, Brother Wall is a special, special man. And uh, I, through the years, I've had the privilege of not only knowing him by reputation, but known him personally. Uh, we've, even, uh, we've even shared bunks together there in, uh, where was that, Nicaragua? And then I chickened out and I went to a hotel the next night. But anyways, uh, um, but uh, we did share a room for a while. And uh, he's a man of God. He's a man that truly walks with God. You know, there's a lot of good speakers they have a good charisma on stage, a good ability to tell stories and present truth. And then there's those men that not only have that, but have the walk with God behind it to back it up. And I can speak firsthand uh, to Brother Bill Wall in that regard that I have seen and I know his walk with God is authentic and genuine. And I'm thankful for the privilege that we have. We've had him in our Spanish service for many missions conferences through the years. But I think this is the first time that he's with us in, in this special weekend like that. His son was here a, lot, a couple of years ago, I think it was, uh, that he spoke. And, and we're so thankful to have him with us here this morning. So, uh, but a part of that ministry, uh, as we go down to do pastors' conferences and different uh, uh, um, citywide outreaches, as we try and present the gospel around the world as a church ministry, part of the way we do that is through a ministry called Latin American Outreach. And it's kind of just something that is was birthed out of the heart of our pastor, and uh, it, it presents uh, not only literature in, uh, in all throughout Central America, Sunday school material, we train Sunday school teachers, we train pastors and, and, and men that want to work in, in church ministry, but they didn't go to Bible college, they didn't have any Bible preparation. Well, we go down there for a week at a time, and we give them a week of conferences and preparation and, and kind of like a seminar in a week for them to be able to advance in their further understanding of what God is calling them to do. And so we're thankful for that. So we're going to watch a little video about that, and then I'll finish introducing uh, Brother Wall, and we'll give the time over to him. So go ahead, and uh, yeah, go ahead, Joey, hit the lights. What is Latin American Outreach? Latin American Outreach is a ministry that was birthed out of Bethany Baptist Church, and it comes as a result of the vision of Pastors Noé and Ismael Mendoza and missionary Carl Braswell. It is a desire to uh, be building by providing, um, building into pastors, leaders of the future, building into uh, children by equipping them with Sunday school material and literature uh, that is provided, as well as equipping Sunday school teachers and leaders to be able to know how to uh, teach and instruct uh, the curriculum that is being provided. What Latin America Outreach does in the area of pastoral conferences and 
citywide conferences is of great impact and a great help to those pastors in those cities. Being held in many different countries throughout Latin America each year, we have the opportunity to have uh, hundreds of pastors attend these conferences. Some of them lay pastors, some of them young pastors that are learning and growing in the area of church administration, in the area of uh, their hermeneutics, homiletics. And through these pastoral conferences being held Monday through Thursday, these pastors are able to grow and learn uh, in areas that they otherwise would not be able to grow and learn in. During the day, there are also special equipping classes for women and teenagers. These classes are essential in their training and they develop their leadership skills to use in their home churches. Each evening uh, during that week of uh, conferences that is taking place, uh, we utilize the evening services to be an evangelistic outreach opportunity. Latin American Outreach partners with uh, many churches in each one of these cities to be able to bring in many lost souls and through those conferences, through those uh, nightly services, hundreds of people have come to know Christ as their savior. This gives the pastors and churches uh, new disciples to work with and grow in, while at the same time in the daytime, providing them and equipping them with the means necessary on how to do exactly that, how to improve their church administration and how to do what God wants them to do in the countries and the cities that God has placed them. What can you do to help? Well, first and foremost, praying for our ministry. Latin American Outreach depends on the faithful, fervent prayer of many of God's righteous people that take the time, put us on their prayer list, put us on your church's prayer list. It's a ministry that is worthy of uh, your prayers. But you know what? There's also some help that you can give the ministry financially that would be a great difference maker. $100 per month helps us to provide workbooks for 120 children annually. $50 per month helps 12 pastors to come every year to a pastor's conference. For just $30 a month, you can help provide 120 Bibles and tracts yearly to churches that are winning souls and discipling new believers. When you give to this ministry, you truly touch and impact Christians that are in the third world that are trying to persevere and continue to spread the gospel in their part of the world. Amen. And so that is Latin American Outreach. I want you as a church to know that I believe out of our uh, monthly missions giving, I believe it's about 25% of our monthly giving goes to Latin American Outreach to be able to take on those um, endeavors that we do. And I know in the 930 service, we were able to see uh, a, a pastor from Venezuela give a report on uh, some of the giving that y'all guys did here in the last few months and uh, specifically giving towards uh, the specific need in Venezuela. If you don't know, but politically, economically, there's a lot of need at that place. And so uh, thank you for that, and, and I know maybe we'll put that on our Facebook or on our, on our website here soon so that everybody can see what God is doing in those areas. Well, we're so glad. Um, I just thought of this when I was watching the video. I, I noticed that Jeremy came out there, and, and Jeremy is Brother Bill Wall's favorite Mendoza, just so you guys know, and it's unfortunate that he's not here to introduce him because he has a lot more stories than I do about him, but uh, Brother Bill Wall has a, an amazing ministry, and like I said, he's a person that 
God has used mightily. Uh, there's a lot of German-speaking Mennonites there in that part of Mexico. Uh, Brother Bill Wall knows German. He knows Spanish. He knows English. He knows several dialects and all kinds of things. And uh, and so, but no, we are so glad that he is able to be here with us this morning and to be able to preach the, the, the word to us this morning. So, Brother Bill, come on up and uh, share with us what God has laid on your heart. Yeah, let's give him a warm welcome as he makes his way up here. He did have back surgery not too long ago, and we're thankful that God has uh, brought him and recovered to the point where he can preach here uh, this morning. So come on. Thank you. Thank you, Brother John. Oh, my, that's amazing. He said exactly what I instructed him to say. About <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. He is so good. The Lord Jesus Christ saved me way back in December 15, 1976. Uh, seven months after that, I quit my job, and I went into full-time ministry, and here I am till this day. That's the greatest thing that I could ever invest my life in. So praise the Lord for that. <laughs> praise the Lord <laughs> for all the good things. You know, people, they treat us so amazingly good, which we don't deserve, but the Lord is so good. So thank you for your patience. Even though I was born in Mexico, I was born in a German language and culture, so that's the reason for my strange accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't very often preach in English, so uh, be patient. You probably have to, <clears throat> I don't know, go where to, to try to understand. Years ago, I read a story that there was this old grandmother. She had three grandsons, and they all she was kind of old, and they all wanted to do something special for her. And one of them, he was kind of wealthy, and he said, I'll pay you. You can travel anywhere in the world. I'll pay for it. And she said, well, I thank you so much, but I'm too old to travel. And the other grandson said, well, I'll, I'll buy you the, the best car in the world that money can buy. I'll buy it for you. She said, well, I thank you so much for it, but I can't drive. And then the third one said, well, what could I buy for her? And all of a sudden, she thought that my grandmother, she loves to read the Bible. So to make it more understandable for her, I'll buy her the best Bible commentary available in the world. So she bought that for her and, and gave it to her, and she was very thankful. And a year later, she said, Grandma, how is it with your Bible commentary? He said, oh, it's great. But a lot of times I have to go to the Bible to see what the commentaries mean. So I don't know where you'll have to go to see what I mean here. <laughs> Book of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I want to give you just a couple ideas here about Ruth. You know, there are so many amazing people in the Bible. The Bible mentions over 6,000 people. Some good, some amazingly good, some bad, and some amazingly bad, too. Uh, 
There are some that did, did a great work and lived a short life, and some lived a long life and never did anything. You know about Methuselah, the only thing you read that he lived 969 years, but he never read a single thing that he did for God. That's a life I don't want to live. There are some that lived a short life, or you don't even know how long, and they left a story behind that benefits the whole world. And one of those is Ruth. You know, you must know the story of Ruth when she came out of Moab, and there in the, on the way, when her, their husbands died, Naomi and Ruth and Orpha, Orpha's husband died, and finally the, Naomi decided to go back to Bethlehem because she heard that there was bread in Bethlehem. So her, both of his granddaughters came with her, and on the way she tried to persuade them to go back and which one of them did and the other one didn't. If you want to go there to Ruth chapter 1 and verse 15 and 16, let's read those two verses when Naomi tried to persuade them to go back. And she said, Behold, this is Naomi, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto their gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, this is this most famous words of Ruth, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou longest, I will lodge. Thy people should be my people, and thy God my God. And when Naomi saw that she was so determined she quit trying to make her go back. And now we find her here in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest place that she could ever have taken. And what this means. You know, we, the first song we sang was Send the Light. We can send the light in this world by praying. We can send it by giving, by going, and send it by giving. And Ruth, she did all of it. She did not only pray, but she must have prayed. And she did not only pray, but she did go. And she did not only go, but she did give. All of it. Some people, they do it all. They go far beyond what their duty, so to say, is. And some, they stand there and hesitate all their life if they want to or if they can do something. Well, we can all, all do something. We can all pray. And the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 9, Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. So it's a direct command from God to pray for laborers. 
then we can all give. We can all give. There's not a, a, a person so poor that they cannot give a little bit at least. Like that widow that only gave those two pennies. She could give. There's nobody among us that's so poor as she was, and she gave. And then a lot of people can go. Not all of them are young. King Josiah, he was eight years when God put him in the kingdom. Moses was already 80 when he started his ministry. So not everybody is called at the same age. But when God calls, he knows what he's doing. You know, when, when I thought that God was calling me, I tried so hard to convince God that he was wrong. I honestly did try. And I always told God two things why he was wrong. I had never had any schooling. I not even first grade. We didn't go to school. We were taught that we came to this world to work, not to play. And such a sinful life that I had lived until Jesus saved me, how could I ever now stand in front of people and tell them about God? I thought I was way too wicked and too sinful that I used to live. But I could not convince God, so here I am. So Ruth chapter 1, and, and by the way, this is something that I've enjoyed all my life. Forty, almost 43 years I've been preaching now. And <laughs> I hope I can until the trumpet sounds. <laughs> you want the trumpet to sound today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Ah, that'd be great. Okay, Ruth, in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, let's read those first six verses, and then I'll give you three simple ideas there. The book of generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Pharaoh and Sarah and Tamar, and Pharaoh begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nasson, and Nasson begat Salmon. Salmon begat Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David and the king, and David the king begat Solomon, Solomon of, of her that had been the wife of Urias. So, number one, let me just remark here. This always shows me one way that I know that man did not write the Bible. Maybe they wrote it, but they didn't invent it. Because if, if it had been man, they would never, never for a single second thought about putting Ruth in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. She was a Gentile woman. There's nothing wrong with that, but Jews just didn't do that. 
So God had control of that, not her. <coughs> and here, here we see that Ruth took her position. By their denying to go back, Ruth took her position, and she came to be the grandmother of King David, the greatest king in Israel, and therefore she was in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ came to this world through her. That's so amazing. So all the souls, all the souls that have been saved through the Lord Jesus Christ, she has a part in it. And she'll be rewarded in heaven for that. What greater thing could she ever imagine than to be in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ? Some people, they take great pride in, oh, I'm a genealogy of so-and-so. And that's good. But to be in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's, that's above anything else. And Ruth, by denying to go back, she took her position here. I'd rather be in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though she didn't know it, than to ever go back and have my own good private life. Orpha, you don't know if she was a successful woman, but God was not interested in what she lived. You don't know if she was rich and married a good man and had a great family. We don't know. Because God was not interested in what she did. But he was interested in what Ruth did, and she described so many details in the book of Ruth and some other places about Ruth. God does not even want those to turn back. He blesses Ruth. Another example, there in 1 King and 1 Samuel, where God told Samuel to go and anoint King David, David had at least seven brothers, plus him eight. Three of them were in the war with King Saul. David was feeding the sheep. And God mentions by name those that were with Saul in the, in the war. And God mentioned by name David that was feeding the sheep. But he did never mention, not there, those that were at home doing nothing. They were not even in the war or not feeding the sheep either. God didn't mention them. Why? He was not interested in those that didn't do a thing for God. He wants the, all his redeemed. And surely, Ruth, she took an outstanding position when she did this. I don't know what, I don't know the most of you, I don't know you. But I'd rather be in the genealogy through which this world can hear about the Lord Jesus Christ by praying, by going, and by giving, 
than to be the most successful man business-wise. Even business is good if it is for God. But I'd rather be this, what Ruth did. I'd rather be involved in his, in, in this, what she did. Let me share with you in the first place that Ruth took the position of salvation, the salvation position. And here through the Lord Jesus Christ that came to seek and to save those that are lost, here in this genealogy, Ruth took her place. So I would, I would suggest to every Christian, every saved person, do what you can to put yourself in that line through which the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ will reach this world. And you can do it by praying, by going, and by giving. But please, please do this before our end year's over. We don't want to go through this world without being involved in the salvation of this world. What's the use of our life then if we don't in one way or another are involved in this? And that the world may hear, we cannot save the world, but we can make the world to hear so they can at least make a decision to accept or reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Oswald Smith from Toronto, Canada, People's Church, he said, here we, talking, here we talk about the second coming of Christ, and half of the world has not even heard of the first coming. This world is in darkness. This world is in need. And you know, he saved us to go to heaven, of course. But when he, when he saved me, if that's all he wanted from me, why did he take me to heaven as soon as he saved me back in 76? He's left me in this world at least some 43 some years after that. What? That I could be an instrument in his hand to bring the gospel to this world through praying, through going, and to giving. That's why you are here if you're redeemed. That's why God still allows you to be here and me. I don't know if today is my last day, but I want to be involved in the, in the spreading of the gospel in this genealogy of salvation through the world. I don't care so much that someone would say, oh, Bill Wall was a good businessman. He made a lot of money. Okay, if he made a lot of money, what did he do with it? That he gave it for God. Ruth did it. She took that position. She made that decision to be involved in the spreading of the gospel through the world. You know, that's, that's the amazing thing. Whatever you can do, you have with your language, with your life, with your money, 
you can help to spread this, the gospel through the world in the short time that we have. And who knows how long the lost can live and wait for someone to knock on their door. I know we lived in Durango, Mexico, and we were outcast. Literally, people will not even shake our hands. They thought we were the, first, the worst family of the world. And they told us that many times. Why? Why would a missionary family from this country, from the state of Kansas, leave their home, their family, and come to Mexico where we didn't even want them? And we told them that. But they brought the gospel to us. And they insisted, even though we rejected them many times, they insisted, insisted. See, today... They put themselves in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through them came salvation to a place where we would never heard it before. And when that missionary, one of them, was old and they went back, the last ones were from Canada, and they went back. His wife died and he lived in an old folks' home. Once in a while, I would call him. His name was Mr. William Teeson. And I would say, thank you, Mr. Teeson, that you didn't give up on us. Thank you that even if we rejected you many times, you insisted and you insisted. Thank you. Now I can be saved. My family, my parents, we were a family of 14 children. Most of them are saved. My parents are both in heaven. They got saved because of that family. And he would just start crying. He said, Bill, you don't know how much that means that you tell me that. How many people you think they were involved for them to go and bring the gospel to us? How many churches, how many churches have prayed and have given and they that went, you know, just amazing. How can we do anything less than they that brought the gospel to you and to me and to all of us? Ruth took the salvation position. Are you in it? Are you in it? Some maybe say, well, I can't go. Well, may you can give and you can pray. For sure, you can do that. There's no doubt. Then she took the blessing position. Look at their verse 2. Abram begat Isaac, and, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. See, to Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, God made a promise through you, all the families of the world will be blessed. And here, Rachel, uh, Ruth had a position, and here in her genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, and further down comes Ruth, and she was part of where all the families of the earth will be blessed. And this genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ were not the Lord Jesus Christ only, but Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were in that same genealogy. That's just mind-blowing that she would do something like that. 
Just think of it. That's good to feed the hungry. It's good to help the sick. It's good to give to, the, to combat cancer and all the sicknesses. But there's nothing comparing to bring this, uh, this gospel of, of salvation and of blessing to this world. You know, my dad, before he was saved, he was not a good man. He would drink a lot. He would even go around with other women, even before us, kids, and mom knew about it. He did not live a good life, but the day the Lord Jesus Christ saved dad, we could see the difference from night to day. If I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't have believed that a man could change so much. Mom and dad would, would fight every day. They didn't hit each other, but they, they screamed at each, each other. And when they got saved, for the first time, mom and dad got along. Not, not just dad saved, the gospel saved the soul of mom and, and dad, but they changed their marriage and they blessed their whole family. Oh, what a blessing to see a changed family, a changed dad, a changed mom, and changed boys and children from drunkards to sober people, from now, from being worth not a single thing, now serving to, to preach the gospel in this world. Oh, there's nothing like it. And that family, they're there to, to be rewarded for bringing the gospel to us. How can we do much less? You never know how much blessing your praying, your going, and your giving will do in some parts of the world. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says that it brings much glory to God and thanksgiving from those that hear and prayer toward you from all those that hear. Hear from the Lord Jesus Christ through those that participated in by praying, by giving, and by going. You know, to be honest, going, it's not the easiest thing. But it's the most necessary. I read a phrase just this past week. It said, a church that is not seriously involved in spreading the gospel and, and helping to fulfill the Great Commission has forfeited their right of existence. Wow. Think of that. And the church is only composed of people. So if we are not seriously involved in our church, wherever you belong to your church, in, in fulfilling the Great Commission, then we have forfeited our right of existence. That's what we are here for as Ruth. Not only did she take her position in salvation, but her position in blessing, but a third and last idea, her uh, position of continuation. 
What would you think if there was a hundred people around you dying of thirst and somebody has a hose of water and they gave you the hose of water and now you satisfy your thirst and now you put a knot in that hose so nobody else would get their uh, thirst satisfied. Nobody would think that, they, that we would do right by doing such thing. So now we have satisfied out. Now we should, should hand it to someone else, shouldn't we? And to someone else thirsty and to someone else. Don't block it here. I don't want the gospel to become up to me and then I block it. I want to be like another hose that put myself onto this one so that through me the water will get, come farther. That's what Ruth did. Look there, we're six. And Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. See how it continued through David, came to David, through David, through Solomon, and through all that, and after through the Lord Jesus Christ, through Ruth here, and to many others that have been like hoses that, that uh, screw themselves to the first one, and through them the gospel gets further and further to other nations, through missionaries, through praying, through going, and through giving. And we can do that too. Oh, wow, that's, that's just an awesome thing to be involved in that. I don't know. You, are you involved? Are you involved in missions? By praying, by going, and by giving? You know, church in Mexico for years, we are churches in a very little town. We support 32 missionaries right now with almost with $100 U.S. each missionary every month. We are not even 100 people, not even one medium. They're all from the lower class people. But that's our responsibility. We cannot claim we are only but a few. We cannot claim we, all, we are only poor. It's our responsibility. To, and we had to look for missionaries. We had to ask pastors. We had to ask missionaries to recommend someone. If we wanted to fulfill the Great Commission, we needed missionaries. And we didn't know any. Nobody came to our church. So we looked for them. Missionaries that we could support through when we could do our part to fulfill the Great Commission. We did not want to forfeit a right of existence. Why don't you ask your pastor what you can do or ask God what you can do? God will show you. He surely will. And be as rude. She took her position in salvation. She took her position in blessing, and she took her position in continuation. So we, that more missionaries can go out. More Bibles will be translated and printed. More tracts will be handed out. 
more missionaries, will more churches will be started, where other people can come and hear the gospel. Continuation. You want to be involved in continuation? Please, please do so. We can pray, we can go, and we can give. So the gospel will reach to every single soul possible before it's too, forever too late for the lost. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you to be able to be a small part in your ministry. Bless every soul here. You know, you know, you know us, us all. You know what we can do. Help us all to pray. Those that you want to go and then all the rest to give. We thank you, Jesus. Please touch our hearts. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Perhaps this morning you'd say, you know, Pastor John, what Brother Bill was talking about has been a challenge to my life and my heart this morning. I know that God maybe wants me to get more involved. Maybe God wants me to wake up to the reality that I don't want to forfeit my reason for existence as part of this church. And God wants me to do something in missions in some way, some shape, some form to be able to continue on what God has done in my life. And tonight and this morning, I am committing, this afternoon, I am committing to what God wants me to do, to respond actively to what God wants me to do. If that's you this uh, this afternoon, would you raise your hand and, and just slip it up and just let me know that God is working on your heart. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands. God bless you. God bless you. All over the auditorium. God bless you. God bless you. Say, God's doing something in my heart, challenging me in regards to this reality. Praise God for all the hands that were raised. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that was presented. Thank you for the challenge that it was to our hearts. I pray, Lord, that your word and your spirit would do the work in every life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.